the funniest conversation with your husband over Discord the other day? Yes. I was trying to explain that, again, that the Bad Batch fandom is a bit thirsty. They are parched. <laughs> they are parched. Like the desert. And that, you know, they see the littlest peep of clone neck peeking out from <laughs> under a helmet and they turn into fainting Victorian <laughs> ladies. They do. <laughs> Bring forth the smelling salts. But... The funny thing is that he was like, wait, is it all the clones? And I was like, you yeah, know, it's it's most of the clones. And somewhere along the lines, I said, Hunter tends to be one of the ones that they go crazy over. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. One of them. Not the one that they go the most crazy over, but definitely one of them. And he was so baffled <laughs> at really? the idea that anybody would find Hunter attractive. episode a month ago which means that since the last time we recorded we have gotten uh episodes <gasps> it of the show. It, <laughs> we are at this moment of recording four episodes into the bad batch season two and you know what it's perfect it is it's it is i have zero i have zero complaints not, I same. Episode one was a great get you back into the adventure. Episode two ripped my heart out. Episode three oh. is one of the best episodes of Star Wars animation I think they've ever made. And episode four was an amazing ride. No, yeah. yeah. Actually, I do have one complaint. Okay. I want more episode faster. And what I mean is not I want another episode of faster because episode four was called faster, even though I would love that. What I mean is... A week is a really long amount of time. It's really difficult. <laughs> and yet, I feel like we should savor it because, you know, the show's only going to be coming out till the end of March. And who knows how long it's going to be till season three, because season three is happening, because I said so. Yes. I said so. Which, I hope. if, okay, wait, if season three is happening, okay, okay, correct me if I'm wrong. So, see, see when season one was released, mm-hmm. season two was... They started working on it already, but they hadn't announced it greenlit? Apparently, when season one premiered, season two was mostly done. Mostly. Now, I don't know what mostly done means, Mm. whether that means whether it was completely written or whether that means that most of the episodes were through the animation process and what they were working on from that point was lighting and rendering and maybe music. And, of course, sound design. Mm-hmm. Because all of that takes a very, very long time. Or if that means that all of that was also already done. I don't think so. Because I think that the Kyder brothers were writing music for the episodes back this yeah. summer. And that's... Correct me if I'm wrong. Is that, like, one of the last things that happens with animation? The last thing that happens with animation, generally, is going to be stuff like... Not the voices, but the, like, the Foley effects. Oh, okay, that makes sense. Because the voices, depend depending, some studios do it differently, but it tends to go on a script-driven show, which the Bad Batch is. You write the scripts, you do the storyboards, and there's a lot of back and forth, and then you do scratch audio, and then you do an animatic with the actual models, and then you do the real voice recording, and then you send that back to the animators and they do the final animation, and that goes back and forth for a while. And then the animation gets sent over to the people who do the lighting and the people who do the lighting do the lighting. And then you've got to render it all. And rendering takes time. 
it's it's one of those things where you do kind of you set it all up and you press a button and then you watch it fly into the ether and you <laughs> hope that it works so you don't have to do it again so <laughs> and then and then you bring it back and kind of through that process you're doing like sound design and coming up with sound effects and then putting that all together and mixing it and you also have to do then the music and okay what is what is rendering because you i hear that word a lot a a lot a lot a lot but i don't actually understand what that means okay uh that's actually a good question because i didn't know what it meant for a long time either until i (laughs) until i actually had to worry about it so rendering is so when you're doing 3d rigged animation most of the time what you're working in the models will be very flat if you've ever seen mm-hmm. any like in progress or deleted scenes from an animated film and everything looks very very flat everything's kind of like a single color you'll have like if an object is brown it will just be a solid flat brown if an yeah. object's red it'll be just a solid flat red that is not being rendered what's happening is the um the the textures are not being applied the same way they would as as if they're viewed through a camera. The lighting is not being applied the same way it would be if it was viewed through a camera. So rendering is taking all the texture information, the lighting information, the particle information, and filtering it through the camera and outputting something that looks like a finished film. It's just that when you're rendering like an entire episode or an entire shot, it takes time that actually really helps helps mm-hmm. this this has been your animation educational segment of the day i would take it with a grain of salt because i don't know everything about animation i at work sometimes feel like an idiot with a paintbrush so no she she works very hard and yes i know nothing about animation mm-hmm. <laughs> i don't do animation yeah. But when it comes to season two supposedly being done before season one like premiered or mostly done, I don't know whether that means it was at that stage or at the sound stage or at the almost done with the animation stage. So as far as season three goes, if season three is happening, because production timelines on animation are so long, they're much longer than live action most of the time, mm-hmm. it's probably already at least in production. Yes. And not pre-production, I mean like actual production, like there's stuff being like animated right now. Yeah, if, but if they're doing a If they're doing a season three. three, we don't know. It's hard to say until I see the end of the season, because it could be just a plan to season thing which i'd be like no but three i think three seasons is a it's a very nice number three seasons is a really nice number and Mm -hmm. honestly the show has such leisurely pacing it Mm -hmm. feels like it should be a longer show but again we don't know we don't know if maybe it would get canceled prematurely i don't (laughs) know that that would happen i don't know if this is a resistance situation where there's just no room to have another season yeah because resistance was it had it it was in the timeline and you really couldn't go past it. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked Resistance actually. I actually enjoy Resistance too, yeah. and it's pretty enjoyable. Yeah, and I don't know if this is maybe a Rebel situation. Rebels was greenlit from beginning to end when it started. It's just oh, they didn't. It? Yeah, but they didn't announce like which season was going to be the last until the last season. Huh. Yeah, that's interesting. So. It's one of those, like, I wish they would just uh, tell us how many seasons there are going to be, because I feel like that would alleviate so much German straying going on in the fandom right now. Uh-huh. Like, there's, 
so many people worked up about the lack of Bad Batch marketing. Yeah, I, I'm sad about the about the lack of uh, uh, merchandise actually yeah because they're they're i like i like merchandise i, I like, like it i would love some like long sleeve shirts that are just their armor like some oh. long sleeve shirts that have some structure to them that are just their That'd armor be so cool I, i'd be cool that i'd be cool like uh, I actually have like kind of like a spirit jersey type thing that's the Bad Batch from mm-hmm. her universe and it was really cool and I was going to get you one and they stopped producing it and it was really sad. Yeah, I think the thing that's going on with merch in the marketing right now is not specifically a Lucasfilm thing. I think it's more of a Disney-wide thing because um... of you listeners, you may not have heard of a guy named Bob Chapek. If you are a Disney Parks fan, you know exactly who I'm talking about. <laughs> yes. Bob Chapek was the CEO of the Disney company for like two years, two years? about. Yeah. Um, so basically most of the time that Bad Batch was in hiatus. He had the singular talent of making everybody despise him. Yes. Not just fans, but also pretty much everybody who worked at the Disney company. And his attitude towards animation was very much, it's for children, adults are not going to watch it, ergo, they shouldn't market it to anybody but kids. Mm -hmm. So I think the lack of Bad Batch marketing that we saw in the lead up to the show, like even though there was some, and even though there was technically more than there usually is for animated properties produced by Disney, at least in the last two years, has to do with the marketing budget was allotted probably when he was the CEO and they were are not tr- were not trying very hard to market it to anybody but kids. It's true. I mean, they and do, it sucks. It, it did. They did have a mural up in. Did you did you see the one in um, downtown Disney? In yeah, and it's it's still there, but it's still season one. That's, oh, they don't have the season. What? I didn't oh, see the season that's two. Right. It's still season one. Oh, that's right. So that's like from before the show ever aired. Yeah, which I'm glad they have that, but still they need to update it. And I think and and it. it even with, I think it also kind of messed with Marvel stuff. Yeah. It messed with, it just, it just, just, it just if, uh. if you could monetize, and not just monetize, if you could raise the prices on anything, it was, it was bad. It was real, real bad. So uh-huh. I think that's why there's been a, despite the fact that there's not a disparity in the production values of the animated Lucasfilm shows mm-hmm. versus the live action ones, why there has been a disparity in the marketing. Mm-hmm. Which sucks because the people who work on the show, if you've ever interacted or just watched them on on social media, they clearly love working on this show. And their work deserves, like I think, more respect. So... Although, do you remember the marketing for Rebels past season one? Wait, was that Rebels, Jedi, Rebels, Jedi, do, yeah. do, uh, do, 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 Okay, do. so, okay, here's actually a good example. This is one of the reasons I'm not as worried about it, the lack of marketing, meaning that there's not going to be a season three. Past season one, the marketing for Rebels consisted <laughs> of one semi-trailer and one so bad it's amazing but who was this for rebel beats video it was <laughs> for every other season it like was by so the time great. uh which actually when they did the the teaser for bad patch season two and it was that like techno thing uh-huh that that was so fun it was very reminiscent of... except of the rebel jedi except except oh. not as <laughs> 
why yes no the um, except that poster was okay yes the post the po- the the copy and paste cody poster yes yeah, so they... that's <laughs> that felt like somebody was trying to do something ironically bad and trying to meme because they have an actual poster the actual season two poster is pretty cool it's really cool the one they gave away at san diego comic-con oh that one no wait. no that one Star was a celebration. celebration but i mean the 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 newer series poster uh, that's yeah. all of them on the, the, on the, the fancy one yeah the fancy one like they have a real actual poster but the copy and paste cody poster felt like somebody was really trying hard to be like how do you do my fellow youth <laughs> it was it was, <laughs> it was so like so funny. intentionally bad it's for those who don't know it's so it's a poster and it literally is copy paste cody except in the gray armor and just like of I don't know like a twelve by twenty four copy paste Cody and then every every now and then you have one of them replaced with Hunter or but not like not like facing the same way it's just a like a clip of Hunter it's from, from their own character poster but what's funny is I didn't realize Cody like actual cody was in it until i'm looking and i'm like wait one of them has something on its head oh it's cody's scar that's actually cody and he has like a commander little mm-hmm. hoobie doobie um the the little <laughs> the little the ranking thingy uh-huh. except he d- he only has like a little bit it doesn't have like a full like <laughs> like a whole bunch of stuff because they're anyway, anyway so basically is season three happening we don't know we hope so we we do i we do hope so, which I guess we should introduce the podcast. Yeah, 20 minutes into recording. <laughs> Hi. Um, we are Topoka Transmissions. We are a podcast with a couple of sisters who uh, watch each and every episode of The Bad Batch and then discuss it afterwards. Today, once we get to it, we are going to be discussing Replacements, Replacements. which is Bad Batch Season 1, Episode 3. But before that, we have a little bit of soda talk. (gasps) Soda talk! So every episode, we taste test a new, strange, and unusual soda. We're going to do Mm. that right now, starting with uh, Olipop Cherry Vanilla. Oh, Olipop. Oh. Okay. So is it Cherry Cola Vanilla, or is it just Cherry Vanilla? It's just Cherry Vanilla. Mm, Notes of cherry. Well, that's good. Okay, I can see why you like it, actually. Mm -hmm. That's pretty good. It's very sweet. Yeah, this is actually not my favorite flavor, but my favorite flavor is the crisp apple. No, that's pretty good, actually. It has a very nice flavor. It it is sweet, but you can taste cherry. You can taste vanilla. It's not too bitter Mm because, like, it does have, like, aftertaste, but not, like, overwhelming. That's pretty good. Yeah, because it's one of those probiotic sodas, and sometimes those are a bit busty, for lack of a better word. (laughs) I'm not a fan of the musty ones, but I like Olipop. Wait, did you say musty? Musty. Musty. Okay, and now we're on to, it's Boylan's soda, birch beer soda made with cane sugar. Okay. I actually really like Boylan's. The, the black cherry is good. Mm. Ooh, that's good. Do you want some more? You know what that tastes like? It tastes like those root beer barrels. It does taste like root beer barrels. I love root beer barrels. Do you? I, I admit I'm not a fan I actually love old person candy, those little strawberries. <gasps> They're my and the favorite. strawberry wrappers. I don't know where you buy them. Uh, they sometimes have them. They are, our Macy's has them. And actually, this one gal, she for Christmas, she brought me a little bag of goodies and mm-hmm. had some of the strawberry candies in them. Except these ones didn't have the gushy stuff in the middle. Oh, no. It was really weird. I was like, 
I don't know if it just, they have ones that have gushy and no gushy. That sounds so <laughs> terrible. Gushy and no gushy. Yes, but the, the flavor is still there. Uh, I, I love Werther's caramels. They're one of my favorite things in the world. Because our, our grandma had them. And she would always have little candies in bowls. Mm-hmm. And she always had Werther's caramels. And I just, ah, oh, I just love them. Yeah. They make me so happy. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, my cat is really snoring. Yeah, now. he's he's really sawing over there. Um, <laughs> he's so it's time for the, our favorite time of the day. It's the Wikipedia page of the day. We're gonna learn some stuff about a ship. <laughs> so this is, and it has to do with the episode because I've been trying now to do the Wikipedia page of the day that has to do with what we're talking about. So it is about a new class attack shuttle. Mm, so okay. and I'm doing this one because. So you have the Omicron class modified shuttle that the Bad Batch has, and mm-hmm. then Crosshair with his elite squad thingy. So they have their own ship, and I'm like, wait, is that also Omicron? And that's what it looks like unmodified? And and no, it's not. It's a new class shuttle. Okay. So the manufacturer is Cygnus Spaceworks. The class is shuttle. The cost is 85,000 credits used for 50,000 credits. I'm sorry, it just makes me giggle. Anyway, but I love that they have that information. It it's kind of fun. Like I love I love that kind of world building. Anyway, so the new class attack shuttle. So it was used by the Republic uh, during Clone Wars, and it was used like so. It supplemented the the lat gunships. Uh, as we know, the the Latlan the Latlan ships, <laughs> Clody, we're gonna go in the Latlan ships <laughs> right away. Blow be one. <laughs> anyway, those are the big ones with the red and the wings. Mm-hmm. I actually have a Lego version, and it's so cool. But I can't finish building it because we don't have any space for it. Because when you put the wings on, it is gigantic. It's the ultimate collector's edition, so I have nowhere to put it, so it's just sitting there without its wings, looking sad. <laughs> anyway, so it supplemented that, but it has less carrying space inside. Mm, okay. um, uh, so it was saying that had like in the lats, you could have like a whole bunch of clone troopers and two speeder bikes, but these ones you could only have some clone troopers, mm-hmm. um, but they're long range. Okay. Um, and there you go. That, that is a new class shuttle. That is what they are using. Not as exciting as last time where we talked about the uh, Nuna Ball. And the Gollipids. And oh, the, the little booty. <laughs> I laughed about, whenever I needed a laugh, I would pick, I would open that up and just. <laughs> so I guess that's, should we get, should we get to the episode? Uh, I guess we, I guess we should. Wow. Yeah. That was Okay, I was going to say fast, except no, that, that's lies. It, it, that, that is a lie. <laughs> lies! Deceit! Uh, um, quick warning before we kind of get into it today. Number one, two quick warnings, I guess. Number one, this is a spoiler-filled podcast, so if you haven't watched The Bad Batch, pretty much actually up to where it is, uh, to episode four of season two, maybe go in with a little bit of caution because there will probably be spoilers here. I know there will be spoilers on this one. We'll talk Mm -hmm. vaguely, but directly about some stuff that happens in season three, I'm guessing. I like that. Vaguely, but directly. Yeah. That makes no sense, but... It's perfect. Okay. And I guess number two... There are parts of this episode that will probably get a little heavy. Yes. Because there's some serious stuff happening in this episode. Mm -hmm. Mostly war crimes. 
like actual war crimes. So that's just, I guess, warning number two. Oh, I should ask, how are you? Oh, now that we've talked about war crimes, how are you today? I'm fine. <laughs> Work has kind of finally lightened up a little bit. How Yay. are you? Good. It's cold today. It is very cold it today. Is, it is. There is a definite chill on the wind. I'm kind of done with winter, which yeah. isn't really good. If we move to Minnesota, I need, I need, I, I, <laughs> I could be like, job, don't want to move to Minnesota, but I've heard it's lovely. And also in this economy, I need a job. <laughs> Warp in this economy. War crimes in this economy. <laughs> Oh no! Oh boy. anyway, okay. That's, that's about how the episode is. Bad Batch season one, episode three, replacements. I have been stoked to talk about this episode since we started this podcast. <laughs> and last time we recorded, actually, the time before that, when we recorded, I forgot that we were still on episode two. Oh, because we did two episodes. We the way we've done this podcast, we we did an episode on. The Bad Batch arc in the Clone Wars. Mm -hmm. And then we did a prediction episode, which let's did, never do that again. Yes. Did that one go live or did we? Oh, no. We, we, that one's up. Oh, is the celebration one? No. Then we did Aftermath Part 1. And okay. then we did Aftermath Part 2. Uh -huh. And then we recorded an episode where we talked about celebration for an hour and a half. But that was the episode where the audio was all crapped Wonky. out. And then we talked about Cut and Run for another half an hour. Yes. And then we. We did cut and then run. Then we, we did cut and run. But when we recorded the celebration cut and run episode, mm -hmm. I thought we were recording this episode because we had done the two aftermath episodes. Yes. And so in my head, we were like, oh, yeah, we're on episode three. No. <laughs> and I felt bad because in my head, I'm like, oh, yeah, we're just talking about uh, uh, celebration. And then when we got to, and now we're going to talk about this, I was like, uh-oh. I haven't watched it in a while. <laughs> That's the other reason why we didn't post that one. By the time we got to the actual episode discussion, <laughs> we were both so dead. We were, like, I was I was in another universe <laughs> by the end of it. I was so tired. <laughs> yep. I actually should have asked before we started recording, how do you want to go through this episode? Because we've hmm. this is one of those rare episodes where we have an A plot and we've got a B plot and they're happening in two totally different locations to different characters. Do you want to go all the way through the Hunter and Omega plot and then do the Crosshair plot? Or do you want to go all the way through the episode just straight? I think go through it straight. I think that works I think that works better. Okay. This is one of those episodes where with A plot and B plot, it works together so well that mm -hmm. how it is laid out is like perfect to talk about where it is. But what do okay. you think? Yeah, I'm good with that. Cool. Yeah. All right. So we start out pulling up my, those are not notes. Where did they go? Oh, yes. And I also have notes today. I am prepared. Okay. We start off. The ship is in hyperspace. And we cut to inside the Marauder and see Omega reading, leaning against Gonky, and Gonky's here! Gonky! I love Gonky. Like, I do wonder how they got Gonky. Like, did, was it kind of like this, the, the Kaminoans were like, this Gonk droid is defective. And they were like, it's ours now. Gonky, come with us. Or did they pick it up on a planet? Or, you know what I mean? What, what do you think? 
I, however they got him, I think that they specifically picked that droid because he was broken. Mm-hmm. I love Gonky. Mm-hmm. He's, he's he never so does cute. anything, but he's adorable. <gasps> oh, but he does in, um... Oh, yeah, uh, you're in War Mantle. War Mantle. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I'm sorry, every time I look at your earrings, it... Okay, when you came in, I thought they were manatees. Oh. Because they look like manatees from here, and I need glasses. But then on closer inspection, they're tardigrades. I haven't been to the eye doctor in, like, 10,000 years. <laughs> How are go. you driving? Why oh, are no, you driving? I, I can see far. It's close. So yes. there's a nice beat in here where Wrecker, where where Hunter's going out handing out ration bars. Those terrible, terrible ration bars. Yeah, they look like... Terrible I... forbidden cheese sticks. Yes, which is funny because in my mind, they're supposed to be rectangular and they're, they look like a cheese stick. I hate cheese sticks. <laughs> I do. I hate the thought of them. I hate the look of them. <laughs> I hate how they feel. I do not like cheese sticks. You know what? I think that's fair. And when kids eat cheese sticks, I just go, <laughs> <laughs> like, no lie. <laughs> that's why I don't buy them for Leo. <laughs> so they eat it. You know what? I think that's fair. <laughs> but I get in rectangular cheese blocks. Oh, okay. Like the mini ones. The mini ones? He won't eat those either, but. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, so Hunter's handing out Handing out food and. Bars. Yeah. By the way, have you noticed that both Echo and Wrecker have gained a little weight in season two? They have, and Echo's a little bit less drawn. dead looking. Yeah. Or I drawn. Think, yeah. <laughs> that too. I think it's because they're not eating ration bars. They're eating actual food. Um. But anyway, so... They're uh, eating ration Hunter, bars. They're eating ration bars. Hunter is handing out ration bars, and he hands out one to Omega, and he hands out one to Wrecker, and Wrecker eats his in 0.5 seconds, because <laughs> you know, he's he probably needs a lot of food. He's a big guy. He's probably got, like, an insane metabolism, uh-huh. and he's probably really hungry. Who knows the last time that they actually ate anything? And of course, he's still hungry, so Omega offers him her food, and Hunter's like, nope. And he actually shoves Wrecker aside and is like, she doesn't have a place to sleep. She doesn't, this is all the food we have. Do not take her food. And I wanted to bring it up because it's from this point on where Wrecker really starts looking out for Omega. Mm -hmm. Like actually actively trying to notice what she needs at any given time. Yeah, because I think for so long it was kind of like, okay, we're all adults you know, we watch each other's backs, of course, mm-hmm. but we know that we're all capable of taking care of our basic needs and everything like mm-hmm. that. And now it's, there's a kid. And yeah. for a kid, you take care of, I mean, she she is a bit older, so, I mean, she can take care of many things, but, like, you do have to make sure they have a room and they have food and they have clothes and they have, mm-hmm. <laughs> which I guess, of course, they, they don't have like any money, so they can't just like go and buy her new clothes here in season one yet. No. But like kids like snacks and they, they need entertainment. Mm-hmm. I mean, I say entertainment, but like stimulus. Yeah. And Wrecker, his, his little mini arc in the episode is being the one who's going to be sort of really looking out for Omega's needs Mm -hmm. and in the most heartwarming way. And I, this is just where it kicks off. And I think it shows Wrecker. He is very intelligent, Mm -hmm. like super intelligent, emotionally. What's it? Aware? Emotionally. Yeah. Emotionally aware. Uh, Emotional intelligence. There we go. But also he built a laser cannon. (laughs) With a bucket of scraps. Uh Well, I'm not Wrecker. 
<laughs> oh, oh, I want to talk about that next episode. Wrecker's so great. Mm-hmm. He's, what's there going? The ship is like kerfuffling. It is because it, it got a little bit hit from last episode when they were fleeing Seleucami. Yep. Uh, something I noticed in this episode is echo's voice is slightly less gravelly it is slightly less gravelly mm-hmm. just just a tiny tiny yeah. little bit he sounds more like he did in um clone wars mm-hmm. it was it was kind of nice yeah and everybody's kind of a bit so everybody's like a little bit testy like hey we don't really know where we're gonna go the ship's kind of broken and echo is listing off everything that's broken and it would go so much faster if he had help but tech is busy tech is fixing is Building a brain scanner. I want to talk about tech and the brain scanner. Okay. <laughs> so, it, it's kind of weird. Because he knows about the chips. And he's building the brain scanner. And he's building it. And then... And then after this episode, he drops it. The reason why he think he does... And uh-huh. this is something I don't think is ever going to be stated on the show. I don't think he was actually building the brain scanner for them. I think he was building the brain scanner with the assumption that they were going back for Crosshair and they were going to need it. Oh. Because he's, besides Wrecker, he's the one in this, and Omega, he's the one in this episode who brings up the idea. Crosshair is probably acting the way he is because of his inhibitor chip. Yes. And we see from everybody else's reactions, except for Omega, Mm -hmm. that they didn't know that they didn't think that yeah and in the Uh, next episode when he's giving omega the uh the comm device yeah he will say well it was crosshairs but he doesn't appear to need it which i think we get this is something we don't really get told until season two these men are having conversations off screen about other things that are happening Mm -hmm. that omega doesn't hear so I kind of suspect that in between season, episode three right here and episode four, they had a discussion about what they were going to do about Crosshair and the decision that okay, they came down with was we can't go back yet or we can't go back at all. Although, okay, I have a question about that mm-hmm. because later, a little bit, a few minutes later in the episode where Omega, where Tech is trying to bring up and Wrecker's like, I, I kind of miss him. And mm-hmm. all that, and as Tech brings up the chips, Hunter shuts down the conversation mm-hmm. because he is avoidant. Yeah. So, is it that they had a discussion off screen? You think that we're not going back, or was it the rest of them? Because Hunter's the leader, kind of took that as the signal of we're not going back for him. It's maybe we're just gonna avoid this altogether. Is he avoiding it? Like you know what I mean? Hunter just doesn't want to talk about it with anybody. I. You know, what if it's both? What if it's mm. Tech and probably Wrecker tried to go to Hunter and say, hey, we need to talk about this. We need to do something. Mm-hmm. And Hunter just shut the conversation down. Because, again, he's, he, what's, uh, I guess we'll skip ahead and then come back. Because yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, he is very avoidant about this conversation, about the whole Crosshair situation, which is, it's a difficult thing. Because one of the things about the Bad Batch is nobody has... Hunter doesn't have any good choices mm-hmm. before him. He has no good options <laughs> to do at what as for what regarding the crosshair situation. He could, now that he kind of like knows about the chips and kind of now knows in this episode what they can do 
and that it could be the chip that's making Crosshair acting act like this, and it probably is, and he feels horrible for leaving Crosshair behind. He could go back. They could go back to Camino and get Crosshair, but the last time they went back to Camino to get somebody, they lost Crosshair. Mm-hmm. And who's not to say that they going back again is not going to lose them another person that's or going to get them all captured? I mean, it's Camino is there's thousands and thousands of clones there yeah they it's going to be very hard for them to get in and even if they do crosshair is going to be shooting at them mm-hmm. because he has to <laughs> at this point they they yeah or they leave crosshair there to probably die by degrees because he's being mind controlled at this point mm-hmm. at least hunter thinks he's being believes he's being mind controlled at this point so it's or well okay i actually have a thing to say about that too later on in the episode so hunter has no good options he whatever choice he makes somebody is probably going to get hurt somebody Mm -hmm. may even get killed they might have to kill each other that's and that i think is just a no-go for any of them (laughs) and on top of that he promised omega that they wouldn't ever go back uh he Wait, promised, was that later oh no he pro- doesn't promise her that until like episode nine ah. that hasn't happened yet that that shuts down that that's the final kibosh on whether or not they're going to go back kibosh. at that this point though they haven't done it and so i think it's just he's so scared about what to do with the situation because he's never had to make decisions like this he's always had the republic the republic was what was giving them order like missions to go on mm-hmm. and they chose how to fulfill those missions but they, he wasn't the one making decisions on where they should go or how they should live. They had all of that laid out for him. And suddenly mm-hmm. he has to be what the Republic was to his family now. And he's very lost on how to do it. And I don't blame him. I feel really bad for Hunter in this situation. I do too. I see what you mean. Because it's like where before in a war, it's a you might die, you might not die. Mm-hmm. That's an, a, an acknowledged thing. And now without the war, the war is over, mm-hmm. as they say. Did they say it in this one? I didn't pay attention. Well, oh, I'll rewatch it. it. Anyway, now it's, we might die. And it's, wait, we don't want to die now that we have a choice of it. Yeah, and it's also like, we get to choose how we want to live and we don't know how to do it yet uh-huh and we're gonna yeah. see hunter actually kind of fall into a pattern of putting himself in a situation where he's not the one deciding how they have to live mm-hmm. where they're at they actually are getting missions from somebody else because that's what he's comfortable with mm-hmm. but yeah i think that's why he shuts that conversation down it's just he does he can't talk about it he's so it's one of those like where something is so painful you can't talk about it i think that mm-hmm. that's hunter's situation no i agree with you definitely um, this all happens because they're looking for a part for the ship after they crash on the moon and omega pulls down crosshair's weapons kit thinking it's going to be in there not knowing it's crosshair's weapons kit and everybody mm-hmm. gets real quiet real fast but mm-hmm. on a more lighthearted note, something I really loved throughout the whole episode is the uh, tech and echo banter. That was, I, I really like it because it's like, this was the second the second face Echo saw after he got, was pulled out of the mm-hmm. cryo chamber. Yeah. And I, we didn't talk about, last time we kind of talked about how they're buddies and they have twin energy and mm-hmm. that's tech was the only other person in the room when echo got unplugged. Mm-hmm. He was there. He saw and he's also the one who carried echo out so yeah i think that they've got just got a bond with each other and it's it's great yeah. and they know that technology 
And now they can be, like, working on the stuff. And mm-hmm. Echo's kind of grumpy clone. Yeah. And so <laughs> it's great. Yeah. And I also kind of love how how how, how flippant Tech is about how, how you know, they, they fall out of hyperspace. And he's like, no, it's fine. It's not affecting life support. Which I think just let's that's how tech is mm-hmm. kind of like what did we talk about last episode where he's well yes that's how it works mm-hmm. exactly and everybody's like well, we didn't know and and to him that is the proper assumption yeah so I think it's like that yeah he's he's really good at cutting through the line of BS uh-huh. and saying like <laughs> okay this is going to be very dangerous but this is actually the best solution mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I know that I can pull it off so. He's so cool. He is so cool. He's so cool. I He's love so cool. him. Is that our B plot? Uh, no, not yet. We haven't hit the B plot yet. No. No. I mean, we kind of did because we jumped ahead and we talked about how they've all got different perspectives mm-hmm. on Cross and where Wrecker brings up the probably what they're all feeling, the I miss him. Mm-hmm. Tech brings up the logical, it probably isn't even him. We should probably go back, guys. Mm-hmm. And Echo brings up the the anger because there's there's got to be anger there too because mm-hmm. even if they do think that crosstar's not at fault he still did turn on them and shoot at them mm-hmm. and yes there's going to be anger there and then hunter brings up the i don't want to talk about it i'm not talking about it it's i, I don't see it do not see <laughs> i do not see it does not exist <laughs> and um but then we're kind of we're kind of like jumping back a little bit I did want to mention Wrecker noticing Omega being scared during the crash. Yes, it was <laughs> I, it was really sweet. I, I gotta say, with those seats, it was like, um, do you remember the episode with Jar Jar, where they're in the <laughs> where they're in the lat? I and... actually really enjoy that episode, if I'm honest. <laughs> I like, do too. Jar Jar is just a vessel of chaos. He is. Oh, Jar Jar. <laughs> Um, anyway. He's not a center. He's a plague. <laughs> and he is. So this, uh, it's the episode where they're going down with the, oh no, what's the word? Uh, the, the spice. The grand the, senator and the spice yeah, to pay Hondo. Hondo and, and Jar Jar is being Jar Jar. Anyway, it crashes and the dude dies. Not Jar Jar. Grand, and, the grand senator. Because <laughs> they have those same like security seat things. And I'm just like... I don't know. I don't trust those security seats. <laughs> those are super sus. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he realizes that him, the way that he's screaming, we're going to die, is probably freaking Omega out. And he stops. Mm-hmm. And he does a totally unconvincing, we're going to be fine. We're going to be fine. Because mm-hmm. kids, when they see, they whatever emotions you're having, they pick it up. Mm-hmm. And they're like, <gasps> it's time to double down. Yeah. But but he's but he's trying, and the fact that he noticed that she was in distress was good. Mm-hmm. And also, Wrecker hits his head, okay. and I hate it. <laughs> this this is hit number two. two, 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 or is it is it is this the first one where we're kind of getting indications that things of an ill nature might be happening? Well, he kabonked it. In the last episode, that was the homage to Yeah, that's that true. One. But so, it was just a mild kabonk instead of a... A mild kabonk. And maybe it's like... Yeah, we'll call it a mild kabonk. A 0.5 kabonk. Mm-hmm. 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 This was like a two kabonk. Yes. Then Hunter and Omega, they go out. 
and they're going to find the part. Wait, we skipped a thing. They have to fix the ship. They have a yes. part to fix the ship. Tech and Echo go to plug it in, and they have some fun banter. And Echo thinks that he sees something, but he's not sure, and it's very much an homage to The Empire Strikes Back. I'll talk about the Ordo Moon Dragon later. <laughs> okay. I think we might have different opinions on the Ordo Moon Dragon. I think we might. Okay, let's talk about it now. Okay. So... <laughs> The or- Okay, the Ordo Moon Dragon, the overall design, I actually really like it, mm-hmm. and I think it's really cool, the flash when it gets electricity and it kind of, like, through it, like, that's really cool, and it can look scary, but the face, when it's just sitting there, it kind of looks gooby. See, I actually love that it looks gooby. You like the gooby? Because, to me, it looks like a synapsid. What is that? Synapsid, okay. So, synapsids, they were, they're prehistoric animals around during the Mesozoic. They might have been around a little bit earlier. I can't remember exactly, but basically they are closely related to the evolutionary line of mammals. So they're Ooh. this weird sort of reptilian proto-mammalian group. Very proto. That's cool. Yeah, That's and really so neat. I I really liked the, the moon dragon because to me it looked like a cross between a salamander and a synapsid. Which I kind of loved. Oh, okay. No, I think that's really cool, actually. But, but it does have a gooby face. It does have a gooby face. That that, But that kind of makes me like it more. Okay. But anyway, they put the part into the ship, and then the Ordo Moon Dragon takes the part because it eats energy. 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 Because I don't, I don't know how that works, but okay. It eats, yes. I guess it eats electricity? Yes. It's Star Wars. It's Star. It's it's Star Wars. It's, yes, but they do they do get the. It's a capacitor. That's it. Yeah, they they the Ordo Moon Dragon steals the capacitor while they're all in the ship, and it goes dark. And then Hunter's like, "Okay, I will go after the Moon Dragon. I will get the part." And Omega's like, "I'm coming too." <gasps> yes, and it, that was so cool. Hunter's like, "No," but she's like, "Well, I'm I'm part of the group too, right?" And Echo and Tech look at Hunter like, is she? I mean, she is, right? And Hunter's like, well, okay. Mm-hmm. And he takes her along. And then she and Hunter have a conversation about Crosshair again. She She's picking up on the fact that Hunter is very upset. Mm-hmm. And so she says, you know, you shouldn't be angry at him. It's not his fault talking about Crosshair. And this is kind of the... The first thing that we get Hunter to actually say about the whole situation, and one of the last things we'll get Hunter to say about the whole situation, which is, I'm not angry at him. I'm angry at myself. We don't leave our own behind. My heart, having seen the rest of the season, is like, oh. It's so sad. And and he'll carry that anger with him. I think still. Uh, I, I think, think he's still, still um, in where we are in the second season. Hunter is not okay. Mm-hmm. I think the yeah. anger is more complicated now, mm-hmm. but I think he is still blaming himself for what's going mm-hmm. on. Because he's like, if I had just, you know, you throw up all those scenarios, if I had just done this or just mm-hmm. done that way back in episode one, maybe all this wouldn't have happened. Mm-hmm. Then this is where we get a smash cut to what is going on with our favorite Glupshido war criminal. Yes. So, <laughs> our Blorbos. Our, our, <laughs> oh, boy. Um, 
So when we first see Crosshair, he is once again on that surgical table. And we do see when he basically got electroshocked into submission in the first episode, Mm -hmm. we see those arms going up again. The implication, and we actually do see the chip on a scanner. We do, in the back. In the back. Yeah. So the implication is, is that he had either the chip enhancement procedure done again, or a similar but maybe more targeted procedure done, mm-hmm. which is important for the context of what's going to happen in the last, in the episode. Yes, because we have, oh no, no, let's say, she's mm-hmm. like, the procedure was, seems to have gone well. And then they're like, huh, because oh, Tarkin is there. Oh, okay, I had a theory for why Tarkin looks so old now. Okay. It's because Palpatine is like sucking the life force out of him so that he can just keep living. And that's why he looks so ancient. Same thing with Wolf uh, Yularen. He's just just eating up life forces all over the place. Okay, what if that is a thing that Palpatine does? He sucks the life force out of the people who are in his proximity. I kind of feel like he does because we know that, like Padme, the reason she died in episode three, it wasn't well, just okay. like... Is, is that canon or is that a fan theory to explain... Why she dies of sad. Actually, that's a good question. I'm not sure if it if that is what it is or... Because I feel like she dies of sad. I mean, that's so lame. Like, Padme yeah. is so much cooler than that. I, I feel like that's... And, like, the life force went into Anakin. Is that he didn't die? Mm-hmm. Because of Palpatine. I mean, I like that theory. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I think... I just don't... I... I I like that fanon. I just don't know if it's fanon or yeah, canon. But I, I, think I it might accept just be it. Fanon. I accept it as canon uh-huh. because I hate the alternative. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. I die of sads. Which, I mean, you you can die of a broken heart, but... That can happen, yes. But it's like, they did Padme dirty in Revenge of the Sith. Like They cut all of her cool scenes. They did, and they made her just like, okay, who is sitting there in their balcony on in, on, on the Coruscant in your cool, like, senatorial, awesome, whatever thingy, and you're in this nightgown that has pearls on it, so comfy, full face of makeup, your hair all the way done, this stupid headband thing, and you're like, I'm brushing my curly hair. Ah, no! This is lame! (laughs) (laughs) This is not what Padme does! Anyway. I have so many feelings. (laughs) I know. Anyway, so Palpatine just... That's why all these people are, like, so old around Suddenly. Suddenly. Is because just... Everywhere. Oh, oh yeah, so, crosshair. yeah, crosshair. Yeah, crosshair probably had either another chip enhancement procedure. We don't know 100% for sure, but that's what we are being told by all the visuals mm-hmm. of the scene. So Tarkin's like, okay, so we need to test. And he's talking to Rampart, who is the worst. I have not wanted. Uh, so this is our introduction to Rampart, actually. So Rampart is oh yeah this first time we see him physically yeah we okay that's true we do see him in the last episode he's on a hollow thing and i thought the first time i saw the last episode this is just some random guy this is not going to be an important character no he's important he's voiced by Noshir Dalal, who is doing an excellent job of voicing so him good he is a recurring character he is the recurring villain and I have never wanted a Star Wars character to die so much. He's oh, like not even so Palpatine. Well done. 
Yeah, like yeah. not even Palpatine. Because Palpatine, yeah, Palpatine's a solid block of evil and he's responsible for most of the terrible things that happen in mm-hmm. the Star Wars universe. But he's fun. He's yes. entertaining. He's campy. <laughs> he's campy. Rampart, however, he's evil in the same way that, say, like, Pong Krell is evil. Yes. Where he's... In fact, actually, it's almost even more than Pong Krell, because Pong Krell was still kind of a very melodramatic kind of evil when you got down to it. Uh-huh. Rampart is more... He's bureaucratically evil. Which is... When it's not done like Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, the hoobie-doobies, whatever they're called. The Vogons? The Vogons, yeah. Yeah. It's, it is evil, evil. Yeah, he's... It is, we, it, I'll I'll hold my tongue. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway. If you've seen, honestly, actually, if you've seen the second half of this season, he's just on your list. But if you've seen the first, the second episode of season two, Mm -hmm. oh, Mm -hmm. oh, Sir, I I really hope Crosshair gets to kill him. I hope so. I yes yes he just I, all all the clones get a shot. Yep, yep, all yep. of them. So that's like a lot, mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, a lot of dying. <laughs> um, but Rampart shows up and he's like, "Oh yeah, Project War Mantle is doing great. Uh, Project War Mantle. We'll find out more about what it is later on. But basically, they are trying to replace the clones with volunteers and recruits, mm-hmm. and to have those volunteers and recruits trained by the clones. Yeah, Tarkin says that they need to test, so they send Crosshair and four brand new recruits, four brand new regular human recruits." to Onderon to take out Sagarera's entire camp. Yes. And this is when they're in the new class shuttle. Yep. This is when <laughs> they go there in that new class shuttle. And um and this whole time, by the way, I should say, Crosshair has one line in this in this section of the episode. A Z that is A Z, right? That is A Z. A Z who we keep on being reminded uh... is still with the group, even though he hasn't said or done anything even though he hasn't done anything yet in season two. This one, is he the A Z or just A A Z? I think it is the A Z. Mm. I like that. Yeah. A Z comes up to him after that whatever is happening with the chip is done and and tells him, Hey, you're in great physical condition. And Crosshair's just like, go away. Mm-hmm. He's like I must comply. And he goes away. Do, 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 mm-hmm. do, do. That's the only thing that Crosshair says. He doesn't look pissed off at anybody. He just kind of is just kind of staring blankly into the middle distance uh-huh. for a lot of this. I feel like he's at this at this point right here. I think he's kind of like dissociating. Cause, Real hard. Yeah. Because he's had a lot happen to him in the last few days. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Poor guy. Anyway, they send Crosshair as the commander of this little squad. Which, yeah, Crosshair's a commander now, which is pretty high rank for a clone. It is. Because, yeah. I mean, he technically outranks Hunter, too, now. Oh, by quite a bit. Yeah. Okay, and is this is this elite squad, are they the precursor of Death Troopers? Because they have this, like, black armor with kind of greenish eye shield. Well, they don't. They're wearing... At least not in this episode. They're just kind of wearing repurposed clone mm, armor. Yeah. Crosshair's armor does look like the Death Trooper armor. It does. Which worries me. Oh. Yeah. Oh, man. I'm getting really worried. Yeah. <laughs> no. Uh-huh. Just because <laughs> the, 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 the Death Troopers, I think, believe that in Canada, they actually have, they actually have cybernetic implants. 
Do they? They do. Whoa. To enhance loyalty. Interesting. Yeah. Oh, I'm getting worried. I'm getting worried about our favorite war criminals. <laughs> so they send, so Crosshair and his team go down, his new team. And while they're in the shuttle, we get this really interesting echo of a scene from the Bad Batch arc. In that earlier scene, Crosshair was given Jesse the stink eye. Yes. And Jesse finally had enough of it and said, like, what, 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 what's your problem? <laughs> and Crosshairs, of course, does his little, you know, we don't usually work with regs, blah, blah, blah. Uh-huh. I'm kind of an ass. And Jesse and kicks her like, huh. And Wrecker's like, huh. And then, and then who is it? Oh, yeah. And then Hunter's like, Wrecker, put him down. Well, that that's actually kind of later. But... Oh, no, you're right. <laughs> yeah. But, but they're like, still, there's a callback to that scene, yeah. too. Because in this scene, what happens is Crosshair is still just staring off into the middle distance and realizes that one of these new guys is staring at him. Mm -hmm. And he says, problem. And the guy says, hey, if you clones are all so good, why are they bringing us in? Crosshair doesn't answer. And (laughs) the guy's like, hey, you know, I think it's time for a change. Enjoy your job for now. Mm-hmm. This is the guy, this character, whose name I don't know because we're never told it. He's, I think I was looking, he's ESO1. He's ESO1? I think there's ESO1, okay. ESO2. I think he's ESO1 Okay, is his designation, but I don't know what that like. Elite one. Soldier O1. Oh, okay. yeah, there you go. He's actually the one who we follow most in this episode of mm-hmm. this new group of recruits. Because in the previous scene where they're all in the medical bay, he's the one who, number one, is, is he, he is the one that, who's a little bit unhappy that they're getting you know poked and prodded by droids right yeah and he's like i i didn't sign up for this for being poked and prodded and tested and it's like you signed up for the wrong organization Uh what what do you think happens in the military yeah especially this military Uh uh-huh they're like rights yeah (laughs) and then he says you know you know the empire is going to give me room and board and that's more than the Republic ever did for me, which I think is there to give us an indication that not everybody's unhappy about the Empire at this point. Mm-hmm. The Republic was getting so bad that the Empire, some people are welcoming it, welcoming it. They don't realize what's about to happen. They don't see it for what it is yet because they are so downtrodden. Mm-hmm. And it's it's... A very human response, and it's very sad. It is. It's. I think that was well done in, in Resistance too, with mm-hmm. um, Tam, Tam, where she's angry at the at the uh, Resistance and everything because her family worked for the Empire and they were fine. They were just doing their thing, mm-hmm. and then it suddenly, and now they've got nothing. Mm-hmm. And she, yeah, and I think it's humanizing. Yeah, it, like. The Republic was so big, bureaucracy and Palpatine. And Palpatine actively making things worse. Yeah, where the promise of something strong and something stable. And it's it's a trap, but it sucks people in. Uh Uh-huh. So anyway, it's this guy. This guy is the one who's given crosshair crap. Mm -hmm. And then they land, they find... Uh, Sagarero's camp and there's a fighting happens. Mm-hmm. They manage to kill most of Sagarero's men pretty much in the initial battle and this yeah. goes on for a little while. And Saw's, uh, Saw's not even there. He's gone at this point. Mm-hmm. Basically Crosshair and the elite squad they're able to 
kill or capture everybody in Saw's camp. And they capture one lady and Crosshair starts questioning her and asking, hey, where's Saw Gerrera? And she says, I don't know, and I wouldn't even tell you if I did. And before she can finish her sentence, she is dead on the ground because Crosshair has shot her. Mm -hmm. So, war crime number one. Then he tells his men that they need to take out all the civilians that they've captured. And that same guy who was given Crosshair the stink eye is... Like, whoa, wait, like, whoa. that's wrong. We should just <laughs> capture them, bring them in. Uh-huh. And Crosshair's like, no. <laughs> Sorry, my Crosshair <laughs> voice is bad. <laughs> yeah, he, he says that wasn't the orders. We have to follow orders. Good soldiers follow orders. Mm-hmm. Credit to this guy for being the one person in the elite squad who has any kind of moral backbone Mm -hmm. yeah he's a jerk to clones but at least he's not down for this yes he's Um, not for just killing yeah he's not he's not down for murder um and he stands up and says no this is wrong and he turns to the rest of the guys and says hey we can't do this we have to just bring them in do not listen to the clone we're not going to do this and then Crosshair shoots him. Mm-hmm. He, he asks him, so you're not going to comply, which I think is kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. We could talk about Crosshair in just a second. And the guy says no, and Crosshair shoots him. Mm-hmm. And you know why I was put in charge? Because I'm willing to do what, what needs, needs to be, be done. done. And he tells the rest of the the, his men to finish the mission and he walks away and we get a close-up on his helmeted face as we hear screams and blaster fire in the background mm-hmm. those people are dead so that's war crime number two but we'll add a 2.5 because you're not allowed to burn people alive even in like even if they're soldiers and probably 3.5 because uh, you're not supposed to summarily execute your own men yeah so there are many war crimes right here <laughs> yeah we <laughs> just got a war crime counter going up like crazy for crosshair now because the fandom is pretty divided on crosshair mm-hmm. in general and i have it i don't <laughs> the two most common viewpoints I have seen, at least before, really before episode three of season two, because I think that there there's some interesting stuff that happens in that episode. I either see people saying, you know, he's just a terrible person. He was always a terrible person. And he's always going to be a terrible person. Him having a chip didn't actually make a difference. And then the other viewpoint I often see is, no, he's just, it's all the chip. That's all that there is and that's all that there is to it and even now he's still 100% under the control of the chip we i think we are going to get some clarification on the timeline of the chipness <laughs> at some point in the second season but my point of view is basically that crosshair was never a particularly nice person yes not being a particularly nice person doesn't necessarily mean you're down for murder mm-hmm. the chip does matter like here like what is happening here in this scene this is actually something we can't actually lay at crosshair's feet because he's not choosing to do this Mm -hmm. he does not have the ability to say no right now because the ability to say no has been stolen from him but he is going to be more culpable for things later on down the season Mm -hmm. he's going to once his chip is either removed or damaged which it is it's not clear 
but it probably happened after episode eight, Mm -hmm. he is going to choose to stay with the Empire for a multitude of reasons. And he is culpable for that choice. And he's culpable for some stuff that's actually similar to what's happening here in episode three of the second season. Though that's also happening for complicated reasons that we will talk about once we get there. But even though he is where we are at the show now, him having had the chip does matter because it is going to affect the choices he's making later on down the line. Not because he's still being forced to make those choices, not because he still doesn't have agency, but because having your free will ripped away from you is gonna mess a person up. Mm That's a very unique kind of trauma. And it's one of those things where, like, his trauma doesn't excuse his actions, but his trauma is definitely informing them. Mm -hmm. And we've also learned at this point where the Bad Batch is now in episode three, there were all sorts of implications with Cody that the clone while the clones are acting under the influence of the chip initially and especially if they know what's coming like rex did like wrecker is going to there is an initial wait a minute this is not me i'm not choosing to do this but after it's been in for a while it seems like the clones lose that sense of of differentiating themselves from themselves and what something they don't know what but something in their head is making them do that they Mm -hmm. wouldn't normally do Because we see Cody, spoilers for episode three of season two, Cody seems to believe that he's the one who decided to try to kill Mm Obi-Wan. And he didn't, which means that at some point before his chip was damaged, Crosshair probably thinks that he's the one who's deciding to do this. Mm -hmm. Because the way it influences a crone's behavior is more subtle than we've been led to believe. Like, it's still forcing them, but to them it doesn't feel like they're being forced. It feels like they're making those decisions. Which is, I think, probably going to be why later on in the season, Crosshair doesn't even try to differentiate between when he had the chip and when he didn't, because it all feels like him. Mm -hmm. And the fact that he does this here, I think, is actually one of the reasons why he's going to stay with the Empire later on. Because if you're going to be damned for this, you may as well be damned for everything. Mm -hmm. I I actually agree. And I I think I, I was one of the people who was like, oh yes, he definitely still has, even though he says the chip was removed, he still has it in. And now I've changed my opinion on that. um, Yeah, I have too. For later. I think also what comes into play is, um, is power. I I think on top of that. I think on top, I think there is a bit of that too, yeah. yeah. Because he, I mean, growing up in Kamino, they were excluded and Mm -hmm. looked down on by all the clones and now they have their bad batch and then he's left alone even though he listens to hunters like as he is the leader mm-hmm. i think he does because that's just his personality he's just kind of mm-hmm. to to people in command and then he gets to be a commander now crosshair i mean gets to be commander yeah. now and i think to have what seems like control mm-hmm. um when and it, i i yeah, it is control, but also an illusion of control within the Empire. Yeah. It gives you, like, okay, I can control this one thing. I have mm-hmm. some power over people mm-hmm. instead of me always being powerless. And look, we're in this big, big, giant empire. I can do things. We can bring peace and order to the galaxy. Mm-hmm. I think that is something, another reason why he stays with the Empire yeah. is... He is somebody who does like to be in control and in power. And I think without the ability to self... He's not one who self-regulates, I, I feel like. And yeah. Like, 
and mm-hmm. that is one of his downfalls because it's it's okay to like to be in control and okay mm-hmm. to be in power kind of but it's not okay to not self-regulate <laughs> yeah and i think also along with the power i think that there's just a lot of fear if the empire mm-hmm. can get to you inside your own head where are you gonna hide and how are you gonna fight that Mm -hmm. and there's also like you said i think he's clinging uh, and this is all later on in the show i think he's clinging to some semblance of normalcy some semblance Mm -hmm. of the only life that he's ever known with both hands because he feels like he doesn't have anything else Mm -hmm. i think he knows especially in episode three i think he knows how powerless he actually is Mm -hmm. like i think he knows that he's that the empire does not consider him worthwhile that every all the power he had was just an illusion but he's continuing to hang on to it just because he's so scared of what's going to happen if he lets go and also like (laughs) this i didn't realize this until i saw somebody pointed out on tumblr he knew about the chips for about 20 minutes before it he got lit on fire and it probably got burned out of his head so he's doing all this stuff and doesn't know why and doesn't understand and probably is I mean, because after a while, your brain would just have to be coming up with coping mechanisms for like and justifications Mm -hmm. to explain why you're suddenly doing awful, awful things, like more awful than you would normally do. And then you suddenly hear somebody yell at you, hey, you're being mind controlled and you have 20 minutes to process that before you get lit on fire. (laughs) And then that mind control thing is removed maybe you're unconscious when it happens but you don't feel different because those justifications are still going to be in your head yeah. the dude is and and also this here he he was aware of everything he did with the chip mm-hmm. he's not in a trance he's not asleep he's aware of what he's doing he just can't not do it mm-hmm. so like yeah this guy's like 15 kinds of messed up and this is seen right here is one of the reasons why mm-hmm. exactly but yes yeah. crosshair has hair right now but <laughs> he's not yet cross bald he's <laughs> cross bald. he is grumpy but he's not evil I yeah know, i had I... to wait a minute in case something descended upon me <laughs> <laughs> oh man and i'm i'm excited to see where they're going in the show with him <gasps> because too. they're handling it I I was a little like concerned until I saw episode three of season two and after episode three I'm like no you guys know exactly what you're doing Mm -hmm. I'm so impressed the way that they're handling this character especially a character who doesn't talk much he doesn't yeah I think it's Crosshair is one of those characters who he's animated very expressively Mm -hmm. the the character animation the facial animation is very subtly done even in this episode where he's not very expressive, he is just, like you said, disassociating. He's like practically astral projecting himself to another planet right now. <laughs> let's see. Do we go back to the bunk first or let me check my notes? Uh, let's see. They they come back. Tarkin's like, oh, looks like this succeeded, but there's one missing. Ho ho. Rampart, you're in charge of this now, Admiral. And Rampart's like, oh, I'm the worst I'm a piece of trash. <laughs> yeah. uh-huh. And then, I think then they go back to the bunk. Actually, we do have more of the other half of the Oh, we do. Before, I, so... guess they have to, I guess they have to get the capacitor, don't they? Yeah, so so Wrecker, so Hunter and Omega, they're looking for the capacitor, and they find it. Hunter gets jumped by the Ordo Moon Jack Dragon, and I feel bad for laughing at this scene <laughs> where he gets his oxygen mask knocked off, but it reminds me so much of that scene in Toy Story when Woody pops open Buzz Lightyear's oh helmet goodness. and he thinks he's choking. And he, 
(laughs) And Woody's just like, Leo really, really, my son, really loved that scene. Mm -hmm. So he had me act it out over and over and over while he was going to the bathroom (laughs) for like 20 minutes. He's not in a Toy Story phase right now. He's in the train phase. Yes, we are in a, a, it is, a veritable train yard. In it fact. is train world. Train world. We got the Christmas train, Thomas train. There's a Lego train over there. Yes. And then there's the train table that has both a steam train with actual steam that comes out. It's cool. Yes, he has in his bedroom. He calls it the Polar Express. It's a Pennsylvania Flyer G something. It, it's this, the same people made a Polar Express mm-hmm. one. Um, we found it at Savers for five bucks. Oh, really? That's uh-huh. a good, nice train set. It is. I looked it up on Amazon. I'm like, somebody just gave this away. Oh, Which, and the Perler Bead trains. And the Perler Bead train. I made him some trains out of Perler Beads. I'm working on a huge front engine Ooh. to go with the one that has his name on it. He has a train shirt. We rode a train for Christmas. It was fun. He, he was he was in his element. Oh man, he was sitting there like looking out the window. Like he loved it. It was the mm-hmm. best. He so oh he has train books. It's mm-hmm. trains twenty four seven. What were we talking about? Oh, we were talking about Buzz Lightyear and Hunter oh, yes. <laughs> losing his mask. And of course, it's it's a good thing Hunter did take Omega because she's there to save his life. Mm-hmm. She grabs his mask, she puts his back on his face, but he's already passed out. Which makes me think that the atmosphere of this planet, it's not that it's it's not that there's no oxygen. It's that the atmosphere is actually poisonous. Oh, okay. Because I don't think he would have passed out that fast if it was just oh if it was just no oxygen because you can hold your breath but he was like yeah he was he was struggling Mm -hmm. and then she takes his blaster she's like 12 Mm -hmm. and decides that she's gonna go after the orta moon dragon all by herself and i remember the first time i watched this i was so scared for her more than ezra and more even than a very young ahsoka she looks young Mm-hmm. she's tiny yes that she's she's just little and mm-hmm. and i guess she did shoot a blaster in the in, in the first yeah yeah but it's still but now she's going against a, a wild creature and yeah. she has to descend into this bubbly hole that i hate Blech. yeah it, it, I, I don't like these things and she goes into this cavern where the thing is and there's these like parts turn around and she finds the capacitor and then the Ordo Moon Dragon mm-hmm. is like, and I love how they animated how afraid she is. Like she's yeah. pointing the flashlight, she's pointing the blaster, and she's like, and then goes back to Hunter. Yeah, who yeah. wakes up and he. I love this little beat where he starts breathing like he he can't, mm-hmm. like he like he's suffocating, and then he suddenly realizes, wait, I can breathe. Wait, where's my daughter? <laughs> like immediately, because it's like, okay, breathe. <gasps> oh my god. And then he's shouting, Omega, mm-hmm. using his special skills to to track her. Omega, because at this point she could shoot the Ordo Moon Dragon. Yeah, because the Ordo yeah. Moon Dragon jumps at her and she's got a flashlight in its face. And she's she's holding the blaster at it. Mm-hmm. Her hands are shaking like crazy, but she is pointing the blaster at it. She notices the light, so she turns the light off mm-hmm. and it calms down. And then she kind of shines it and she's testing it out and she realizes, oh, it doesn't like the light in its eyes, of course. Yeah, and it's not actually... I mean, it is dangerous, but it doesn't want to hurt me. Mm-hmm. It's just 
Yeah, and it's so, scared and it's lashing out. Yeah, so she throws the flashlight and it's like, oh boy, electricity. And she takes the capacitor. Yeah, and I love that she was able to find an alternative solution because Hunter's solution probably would have been to shoot it. Mm-hmm. Like, especially, like, okay. Hunter's solution, first solution probably would have been get the part and run. Second solution would have been shoot the Ordo Moon Dragon to hit the part and run. Mm-hmm. And I love that she was able, even though she took the blaster, she was able to find an alternative solution to, and was able to read the Ordo Moon Dragon and figure out what it needed. And she is so empathetic. Mm-hmm. She's... It was very, uh, it actually reminded me of Ezra, in a way. In a way, yeah. Like, it's not exactly the same. Yeah, Ezra had a tendency to trust people more than they, not trust people, to give people chances that he knew that they didn't deserve a lot of the time. Especially Hondo. Especially Hondo, but we love Hondo. (laughs) We do. Like, I don't even know that that was a trusting. It was more of a, this guy's fun. I think I want to have fun. I think it was just... I kind of like, ha, he's fun. Wow, that was a really bad Ezra voice. I think my crosshair voice was better. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, she gets she gets the part, and then she's like, ha, out of the tunnel, Hunter, I got it. Yeah, and Hunter's having fifteen heart attacks at this point. Uh-huh. He's like, wait, is that did, you got? Is that my blaster? <laughs> she's like. I didn't need to use it. And I love the little bit of surprise on Hunter's face where he kind of, kind of realizes, but he doesn't quite take it in that he doesn't have to treat her like she's a fragile little doll, Mm -hmm. which they, they are gonna, honestly, they're all gonna continue to do through most of the season is sort of treat Omega as though she's very, very fragile. Mm -hmm. She's tiny. She's so tiny, which just kind of like as somebody who isn't a parent, because I'm not, I sometimes feel that way around kids where I have to be, like, very super careful. Mm-hmm. Like, I get so nervous I, holding babies because I'm like, I can't, I can't move. I cannot move. If I move, I will break the baby. And I, I get so scared. <laughs> um, That's okay. When I hold babies, I'm like, what do I do with this? <laughs> I, uh, take it from me, please. <laughs> uh-huh. But anyway. I, silly, I, so I, I have think a kid. That- <laughs> Yeah, but I kind of feel like like if you're not a parent and you're not used to being around a lot of really little kids, that sometimes there is a little bit of like, I want to take care of them, but I must be very careful. Yeah, because I feel like, because it seemed like with the regular clones, like they were around the cadets more, uh, yeah. more and it was like, yes, we're your big brothers and we're going to take care of you. Or, or your older siblings were going to take care of you. With the Bad Batch, I don't think they got that experience very much. Yeah, which is probably why the scale of treating Omega like she's fragile to just treating her like a kid kind of runs from Echo does it the least, then Tech, and maybe Wrecker Tied, and then Hunter way over here. Way mm-hmm. over here in the Omega must be, like, cocooned in bubble wrap. <laughs> Um, Although Wrecker with Jack and Shea. Yeah, th- like, that's why I'm saying like yeah, they yeah. are all more kind of like closer to that other end of the spectrum yeah. where they're a little more comfortable with letting her do what she wants. Mm-hmm. And and then Crosshair, I feel like would be more like, well, because he does bring up like, you brought her here and she doesn't belong here. What is she doing? Like, I feel oh, like. Oh, yeah, at the end of the season. Yeah, I feel like if he was there, he'd be like. Go go sit in a padded chair with pillows tied to you. <laughs> <laughs> I oh. 
I actually kind of really hope we get to see some of that eventually. Oh, like I, I hope so. I want, I want. We we have the knife dad and the goggle dad and the mom dad and the big brother dad. I want, I want to see the gun dad. The gun dad, and I, I want her to be like, look, crosshair, and like shoots her cool bow thing, and him to be like, just a little nod, like mm-hmm. to say. I'm impressed. Yeah. That would be like, oh, so good. Uh-huh. So good. Um, but yeah, they get the part. They put it back in the ship. They go, and Hunter's like, get us out of here, please. And then, then he's like, gladly. And then they, and then. But, yeah. The best part. The best part is. Oh, wait. No, first crosshair okay, part. Okay, first crosshair part. part. Then we get that part. Okay. So we go back to crosshair. Yeah, crosshair. We are back in, we're back in Camino. Um, back into Poca City, we see Lamasu and Nalase having a discussion mm, yes. about how they need to activate their contingency plan in order to keep themselves relevant mm-hmm. to the Empire so that they, I think that their entire economy runs on being paid to clone things. Yeah. And the Republic was their only client for probably the last 15 years. Yeah, because there's no... There's no, like, separatists. There's no <laughs> unaffiliated people, except for, I don't know, maybe the huts. Yeah. But I don't think any of the, the crime syndicates really are going to pay the Kaminoans to clone people for him. I don't know. Probably not. Um, yeah, but they uh, are discussing, like, hey, we need to make a very a spe- special special clone they're saying well okay but we need an actual direct genetic source Django's gone and the clones we need they're not gonna come back and Lama Sue says well their Kaminoan property which by the way property their property the clones are considered property and I hate it mm-hmm. they're it- not they don't have human rights they are not considered people uh, it's the worst that's my favorite fan fiction is when look the clone rights bills have passed Wee-hee! oh yeah like all the ones where like <laughs> Fox kills Palpatine and then Padme is able to push no P- Fives becomes a senator for the clones Ooh, and then he ends up being able to like push that. a clone rights bill through yes oh and bail or mon mothma's like the new chancellor mm-hmm. it's so great love it alas plo Koon ab- uh, abandons no the exo- the opposite adopts, adopts. the wolf pack <laughs> how do we know he didn't do that because it would break our hearts even more <laughs> okay but what if what if we meet wolf in season two and we find out that that's exactly what happened i i'm really I think we're gonna see Wolf. I think we are because we we saw yeah. Gregor. We've got to get Wolf in there too. Yeah, and then oh, I want to find out who Clone CC one two two six is because we know almost everybody's numbers that we have met. What that if, we've met? I mean, what if one two two six is? What if they changed Scorch's number? What if that's Scorch? Scorch? Yeah, one of the commandos. Oh, because we saw Scorch last season. It could be it could be Scorch. Do you think Fordo is still around? Maybe. Or, well, it wouldn't be Alpha Seventeen. What was Dogma's number? Dogma wasn't a CC unit. He wasn't. He was a CT. See, in in my in my fanon, he got folded into the uh, uh, Coruscant Guard. I have seen fanon like that. But then Palpatine chokes on a grape. And- <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so back to Crosshair. So you so- back to Crosshair. Cross- so. They, so Lamasu, they are making plans to get 
somebody back. It's mm-hmm. Omega. She's they're planning to get Omega or Boba back, because but... they want a what is it? They 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 wanted to make a they want a direct genetic source in order to make a superior clone. That's yeah, it of some kind. Curious. And mm-hmm. that sets up for events that happen further in the season. Mm-hmm. And then we go to the... So Crosshair and his group, they go to what was the old Bad Batch barracks. And <laughs> they're all clean and they're very brightly lit. Mm-hmm. Which I do actually really like the detail of the Bad Batch's barracks and actually the Marauder being the only places on Camino that are dimly lit. Yes, because everything else, um, because, what is it, the Kaminoans see an ultraviolet light? They see an ultraviolet, yeah. and everywhere else on Camino has that Apple store lighting. Yes, and so, so it's it's one of my favorite designs, mm-hmm. actually, like, the, the, all of Camino, I love it. it, it was so well done. Yeah. And then the barracks, they're, they're dark, and Wrecker has his, like, successful missions thing, and that is survives. That's still on the wall. Yeah, and actually, all the little, the paint that they had on their bunks, that's all still mm-hmm. there, but everything's cleaned up. Most of the echoes of their presences are gone, and we see Crosshair, he turns and he looks at the marks on the mm-hmm. wall that Wrecker put there. He looks at the bunks, which still have his brother's things there, and then he goes and he sits down his, on his bunk and he looks very pensive. Yes, very, very pensive, very like... Like confused. Yeah, because he's there in what should be his family's little home. And, and it's, it's not. Uh-huh. And also he just did a terrible thing. Yeah, and it was funny because, I mean, it was a successful mission according uh-huh. to the chip, but... He, do- he does not look happy about uh-huh. it. There is not a moment pretty much from here on out where crosshair looks happy about a single thing <laughs> ever we yeah the man is i think actually at the point we're at he comes across as suicidally depressed i think so i i think i think so he's got just no like even after he gets like lit on fire he's like get me to the ship, get the things mm-hmm. there's just no self-preservation not- i mean there's basic preservation but not like it's there's some stuff when we get to episode 15 and 16 i yeah regarding crosshair's minimal self-preservation skills that i want to talk about it's it's, oh, it's um, well done it's well done and it's rough mm-hmm. it's oh it's good but and now we get a juxtaposition a juxtaposition so we get crosshair sitting down on his bunk looking just miserable miserable and then we cut back to the bad batches ship back to the marauder and they they fix the ship they're in space and wrecker is so excited he comes up to omega and is like hey i got a surprise for you because you, you gotta close your eyes because he's the sweetest sweetest man uh-huh. in, on, in in this crew he takes her over to the, the gunner chair and he made a room for her. He did. And I didn't notice before. Like, he put, like, padding on the floor. Uh-huh. And there's these curtains and, like, a roll-down curtain. And he put little lights up. Uh-huh. And he tried to make it as homey and comfortable as he possibly could. Uh-huh. And she's like, I've never had my own room before. Mm-hmm. And it's like, 
and then, and then all the bad and he gave her Lula. He gave her Lula, and she's just holding it and looking up, and, and she's like, they. He gave her her own space, and I love the little when when Echo comes up behind Wrecker. There's this little moment where Echo kind of like taps Wrecker on the shoulder and gives him a little, "You did good. Mm-hmm. You did good, guy." And that juxtaposition between Crosshair is as alone as he could be in a space that should have been good. Mm-hmm. And then, too, they're making this new connection with Omega and their family, and it's bright and colorful and lovely. And then the episode ends. And it's... I I love how this episode is called Replacements, because it mm, works mm-hmm. in a couple different ways, because you have the elite squad, like, the, the recruits, the volunteers being replacements for the clones in general, have the elite squad being the replacement for Crosshair's old squad, for mm-hmm. the Batch, but it's not a replacement he likes, and you have Omega not being the replacement for Crosshair exactly, but she is kind of occupying a space that he used to fill, or occupying a space that, that is empty now. And it's maybe not the same space as Crosshair did, but it's, there's an empty space and she is a new person. Yeah, and like, I actually that was really clever because in the third is like they have to do the replacement part for mm-hmm. the capacitor. Yeah, and also yeah. that. I, I like this episode, as I said earlier, if I can't remember if it was during the podcast, I like this episode more the more I watch it. Mm-hmm. Like, each time I watch it, I notice a new thing, and I'm like, the the writing, and I wish I'd, I would have looked up who the writers are for this oh, one. Oh, you know what? I'm going to do that right now, because I meant to do that, and I didn't. Yeah, because I, and I should look at that more, who the writers are for each episode. They, director or directors, like, it's really, really mm-hmm. well done. I'm impressed with what they do especially with with streaming where it's not quite as constrained with with airing on television what they're able to do with storytelling Mm -hmm. and with mature themes Uh, as you would say thematic elements well it's not quite as constrained as long as your ceo doesn't decide to rub your show from existence (laughs) there's there (laughs) oh man man i the end the way that animation's been treated by Netflix and Warner Discovery in the last year has been just it's abysmal it's yeah like Disney's not been great with their animated projects in Mm -hmm. the last I would say two years but they're better than Netflix and Warner Discovery oh man it's which is not a high bar that's a low bar yeah that's like Warner Discovery that is like the bar it is in the dirt it is lower than the dirt (laughs) like you take off shows that are wildly popular and just remove them for a tax write-off. We That's need a, a terrible tax write-off thing. for our multi-million dollar company. Mm, David Zazov, you're on my list. But anyway, um, mm. one of the things that I do... <laughs> one of the things that I love about this episode is the way that the even though the A-plot and the B-plot have totally different tones. Because mm-hmm. the A-plot is, is very sweet and lighthearted and there's... Like there, there's a couple, there's, there's some complex, there's a lot of complex stuff going on in it, mm-hmm. but it is very sweet and lighthearted and heartwarming, especially at the end. And then the B plot is just like everything to do with the crosshair plot is just pitch, pitch dark. It is. It's like, it's like we're reading the pokey little puppy. And then we go to the song of Achilles and we're like, <laughs> it's time to ugly cry. <laughs> I, oh, when I read that book, I just ugly crying, mm-hmm. uh, devastated. Man. Yeah, and I love, but I love the way that 
we already kind of went through the way that replacements works for both plots, but also the way that they use the A plot and the B plot to reinforce each other. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we talked about Crosshair and his chip situation and why what he does in this episode is not necessarily down to him, but it does affect his actions later on and how they use the A plot to frame what he does. Because it is framed with, like, before we actually cut to the crosshair content, it is, we have Omega saying you shouldn't be angry at him, it's not his fault. Then we get that awful crosshair stuff. And then it's framed on the other end with with crosshair sitting alone in his bunk looking just hollowed Whoa. out. Mm-hmm. And the way Ooh, that... That's a good way to put it. Yeah, hollowed and out. the way that mm-hmm. you, you know, get the precedent for the setup for... The scene with Omega and the room that Becker has made for her and how warm and inviting that is preceded by Crosshair, again, looking hollowed out and how there has been this loss there and how one person's loss is in some way another person's gain. And it's not anybody's fault. It's just how it is. Mm -hmm. And I love the way, like, I love that. The Bad Batch is a show which is able to shift between these tones and to use these different tones to reinforce the themes that it's bringing up. Yeah. Oh, and then did did we bring up replacements where it's like it replaces his free will with the chip will? Oh, uh, no, we didn't. We didn't bring up that specific thing about replacements. But yeah, that too. Yeah. Ah. Um, ah. It's like an onion. It's just it's got so many Stink layers. Guys. Yeah. So <laughs> I mean. Oh, yeah, so our writer for our this. Our writer for this is, of course, it's Matt McNavitz. Uh, Matt McNavitz, Matt Michnavitz. I don't know how to say his name. Matt McNavitz is responsible for Faster. Oh. Camino, Return to Camino, Reunion in this season. And I think a couple, I, he might be one or two more this season, but uh, he's also responsible for the Umbara arc. No. Yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. So that this that's that I think explains some of his stuff later on that in this season. Does okay. He's one of my favorite writers for Clone Wars and and mm-hmm. Bad Batch. Now it's exceptionally done. Yeah, I, I gotta say, like that's one of those things. Like when you're like, oh hey, go watch Clone Wars, and they're like, mm. you can say, well, watch these specific episodes, and the Umbara arc is is always there. one of them. Yeah, that's actually the one. Um, Cameron, our brother. He will probably never watch the Clone Wars. Mm-hmm. He actually, I think that you guys showed him, I think you guys showed him an episode that had Jar Jar in it. I think it was Bombad Jedi. No, we showed him Zero the Hut and Size Noodles. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I feel like if you haven't seen any, I love those episodes actually, but I think if you haven't seen any other Clone Wars, throwing somebody into the Zero the Hut saga yeah. is gonna throw somebody off. But he, he, he's told me like he did not like that at all. But he's I also seen the Umbara arc and he really enjoyed it. So maybe we can at least get him to watch the Siege of Mandalore. Oh, because those are really, really good. Yeah, oh, but... Man. Mm-hmm. And the director for this episode mm-hmm. is... Because I do want to actually keep track of this, because I, I feel bad that we haven't been. Um, is Nathaniel Vill- Villanueva. Cool. Mm-hmm. Good job, everybody. Yeah, any any last thoughts for uh, replacements? Um, It's a great episode. It's one of my favorite episodes. <gasps> yes, there is another thing I forgot to bring up. Right. Okay, in this way, way back, way back, halfway through the episode, I'm so sorry. I This is one of the reasons I wanted to talk about this episode. <laughs> I have a theory about Hunter. 
I don't think Hunter was able, ever able to fully convince himself that Crosser was acting under the influence of the chip. Huh. I, okay. I think he wanted to believe it. I think that he thought he believed it. But I don't think he was able to transform that belief into action, exactly. Because when he talks to Crosshair later on and tells him, you know, you're being mind-controlled, it's the chip, the way he talks to them is not the way he talks to, say, Wrecker when Wrecker's chip activates. The way he talks to Wrecker when Wrecker's chip activates is he really doesn't. He just tries to wrestle Wrecker to the ground, which goes about as well as you would expect. With Crosshair, he just tries to, he, the way he talks to him is he's trying to talk him down and trying to reason with him the way that you would try to reason somebody from, uh, away from a ledge. I think there was just something in his head that never quite was able to get there. Not because he didn't want to, not because he just thinks Crosshair is a monster, but just because it's so hard for him to get his head around. Interesting. And that, I think, is okay. part of why he doesn't, just doesn't want to talk about it. Oh. Right. I'm gonna I'm gonna once we get to those episodes I'm gonna watch that very closely mm-hmm. to see how he yeah because you're right he does just kind of <laughs> try to wrestle Wrecker to the ground and Wrecker is a tank and Hunter is short I mean he's still tall but he's short he's not a tank he isn't a tank he's not seven feet tall and he's sneaky he's sneaky he's like doing my rambo thing he's 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 a little gymnast not a little gymnast he's actually a pretty big guy Mm he's oh he's is he six foot hunter Mm -hmm. no he's like 511 oh he is shorter than everybody he is shorter than everybody i think i mean i it's hard to tell like because tex officially six foot four i i i i I don't believe this still I don't believe it. Uh-huh. But anyway, that was kind of the last thing that I wanted to bring up because I want to, as we go through the rest of the season, pay attention to mm-hmm. what Hunter's thoughts and feelings are on this. Mm. I will also pay attention to the same, this. The same way that I think Tech absolutely 100% believes it mm-hmm. until a certain point. I think Hunter wanted to believe it and thought he believed it, but never quite got there mm-hmm. once you're finally faced or at least believed it, it or maybe believed it but never quite got his head around it mm-hmm. no that that makes sense do you have any other thoughts um omega is a precious child and she well i'd say she must be protected at all costs except in season two she's like but still protect her because like she's really cool mm-hmm. and and she's really cool they're all really cool they really are i like them all yeah like except for rampart he can just yeah, die. Yeah, he can die. <laughs> and Tarkin. Okay, do I want Crosshair to shoot him, or do I want Hunter to shoot him for Crosshair? Do I want Crosshair to in- to interrupt his breakfast? <gasps> I'd love that, where he's like, oh, you, th- oh, you thought you were going to have a bite of Imperial waffles? <laughs> have a, well, you'd have to use a slug thrower if it's a bullet. I don't know, he can, he can eat blaster bolts for breakfast. That's, That's fine. True. That's fine. <laughs> They're loaded with vitamin E for EBDB, which is where you're going. Anyway, but that's that's my final thoughts. What? Oh, Straight okay. EBDB. <laughs> Horse Blinka. Why is it EBDB? Uh, like, I, I, I don't know. hate that I know what that is. <laughs> It, but why? Why is it that? I don't. I don't really. I think for the last four years, we've just kind of. Uh, 
strange things. Horse Plinko, EBDB, Blorbo. <laughs> I do like the word Blorbo. I do too. Like Bad Batch, they're all the Blorbos. Yes. They're my Blorbos. Mm-hmm. That's all I can focus on right now is Bad Batch and every week where I'm like, must go faster, must go faster mm-hmm. to next episode, but I can't go faster. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you for joining us for a discussion on replacements. Um, if you have any comments, questions, or input you want to give us, we do have an email. It is topocotransmissions at gmail.com. Uh, join us next time. We're going to be talking about episode four, Cornered, mm-hmm. which is the Pantora yes. Fennec Shand episode. Also, the episode where Echo is a luxury that few can afford. If you enjoyed our podcast, leave us a review or some stars. It helps with the algorithm and helps people find our show. Mm -hmm. Um, And if you hated our show, we apologize for our inadequate content. So (laughs) I don't apologize. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing is fair.